come to fight, we don't have any air force now. And most interestingly, uh, uh, <coughs> there were 600 Turkish officers representing Turkish military in NATO, because Turkey is a NATO member, al Latasi. So from these uh, 600 officers, many of them are generals, by the way, uh, at least brigadiers at the level of brigadiers, 450 left the army. They don't come back to Turkey because if they would come, they knew that they would be in prison. So in Belgium, in Netherlands, in Germany mainly, they applied for political asylum. So uh, Turkish representation and uh, the, the, these generals uh, uh, the, and the, 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 uh, the representatives of the, the uh, Turkish army uh, in, 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 in NATO, the, the 240 of them were in Brussels, in the NATO headquarters, and in Mons, in the uh, military headquarters of uh, NATO in Belgium, and plus in, in Rammstein, the biggest NATO and American airbase in, in Germany, also in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, and uh, they, they stayed in Europe, they didn't come back. So the Turkish representation at NATO, out of 600, 450 is gone. And they are not replaced yet. And some were replaced, but those who were replaced are called pro-Russian, pro-Russia, or as uh, Michel in the introduction said, the Eurasianist uh, faction of the military. Because in the Turkish army, uh, since nearly 20 years, there were two main factions that were in struggle. One was pro-NATO, you could call them pro-West, pro-American. The others pro-Atlanticists. The others uh, were called Eurasianists. Uh, uh, who were uh, uh, advocating a Turkey outside of uh, Western uh, security system to be close with Russia, Iran, even Iran, and, and China. So they were called Eurasianists. So it is very funny, in a sense, to have Eurasianist generals to be sent to represent Turkey as a member of NATO in, in NATO headquarters in Brussels or in Mons. Uh, so the situation in Turkey has become a big, big crack in NATO itself. And uh, yesterday I was talking with some friends and one of them asked me if Turkey may leave NATO. I told him that if this question would be asked to me before two years, three years, I would say, are you out of your mind? What kind of a question? This, this is nonsense. How, what inspi inspires a mind to ask such a question? But now, at this moment, uh, I would say it is not implausible. Or, to a certain extent, it is plausible. So, uh, after, after uh, some years, it shouldn't be surprising uh, if we see Turkey out of NATO or kicked out of NATO. Either it leaves NATO or 
because of a security risk that it may pose, it might be out of NATO. I don't say that it will happen. But I say it will not be surprising if it happens. Something which would be nonsense to speak few few years ago. It is not nonsense anymore to, to speculate uh, on these things. But I think this has something to do not only about Turkey, but uh, the, the, about uh, the, the general uh, tendency uh, we are witnessing the, uh, in the world. Uh, we weren't like this. Uh, as I told in the uh, beginning, we were very optimistic in Turkey. Uh, we, are, we were looking at a very rosy future, but the things changed. And the things changed under the same ruling party, under the same government, under the same person, whose name is Recep Tayyip Erdogan. And so each one of us asks to herself and himself and to each other what happened. Why? Why did we, did we make mistakes in believing? Are we deceived? What is going on? But as much it invites self-criticism for many of us, especially in the in Turkish intelligentsia, which I also I think belong to. But it is more of more or less a, a general uh, phenomenon internationally. A uh, few months ago, in uh, September, I think, in in Gothenburg in Sweden, there is a big book fair. Uh, that I, I, I was invited to talk among hundreds of people. It, it was a crazy place. So while I was uh, moving in, in the, the it is a huge place, in the book fair, uh, I saw a book in Swedish, in the cover, it says, hey, dictator, means you, dictator, something like that. I looked at the picture. Uh, and I told the man in English, because every Swede knows in English, I said, who is this man? He said, Viktor Orban of Hungary. I said, where is ours? I said, who are you? What do you mean, who is you? I said, Tayyip Erdogan. He said, next year. I said, we can't be second to you, to, to anybody next year, because this Viktor Orban, when you put the picture saying, hey, dictator, this Viktor Orban, in the interviews, he said, Tayyip Erdogan is his role model. He admires Tayyip Erdogan. So Erdogan deserves to be the cover, not Orban. Who is Orban, after all? It's a small Hungary. We belong to a big Turkey. So put our man. Uh, on the cover. But of course, there is somebody else our leader admires. Vladimir Putin. And Vladimir Putin is not, uh, does not have the reputation of the most tolerant and, uh, uh, and flexible and uh, soft and democratic politician. Uh, so the trend we see in Russia and the people of Aleppo knows very well what kind of peace-making 
comes with the Russian planes. Uh, so, uh, in terms of uh, uh, the, the international tendency, we look up, we have Putin. We look at the democratic structure of the uh, European Union, we meet Hungarians who are very much supportive of uh, Viktor Orban and the Austrians also very sympathetic, sympathize with Viktor Orban. And as somebody who would run, be running for presidency in Austria just missed with a small margin to be elected. So it's a mass phenomenon in Austria, in Hungary, in, uh, in, in, in Poland, in, in some parts of the European Union. And look what happened with Brexit. United Kingdom left European Union. And we, we look at Asia, we, we see there Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping, as the, the leader of China, is considered as the most autocratic personality after Mao Zedong. And then we ended up in Trump in the United States. So it seems, as this thermodynamics law suggests, that it's a very wide international tendency and in, in that sense the, uh, we do not uh, or we should not think that uh, uh, our Tayyip Erdogan is an uh, exceptional case. So in, in the sense uh, if we go with this famous German word Zeitgeist which means the spirit of the time he in a sense is uh, compatible with this zeitgeist. So uh, he can be a model for many people and, and he is popular in Turkey. I have to admit, although nearly 50% of the country hates him, but another percentage, a high percentage, at least 35-40%, not everybody who votes for him, I'm saying, but 35-40% is strongly faithful of him, very loyal to him. He is very popular in the sense. And then in Turkey, we come to the conclusion, if we go back to the numbers I had just given to you, is this a accidental, circumstantial, autocratic regime which will leave in some years in the next elections, bad people who went out of their minds are controlling the destiny of our people. No. A, a significant segment or a significant faction of our people supports it. So this becomes a real mass phenomenon. It, it's not a matter of a government or a party or a personality. Of course, it is very important, the personality. If it wouldn't be Erdogan, you, you can't produce anybody like Erdogan. Uh, you, as you couldn't produce Atatürk in every 10 years in Turkey. We had Atatürk until Erdogan. We had only one, which was unequaled, irreplaceable as an image. <coughs> now we have Erdogan. And that's why he advocates a vision 
that his loyalists and himself also calls New Turkey. And that's why all this crackdown. They are uh, uh, building up the foundations of a new Turkey. So, uh, which becomes a very puzzling issue, not for all, for the, us in Turkey who are directly recipient of uh, the situation in Turkey, but for everybody. I literally say everybody in the world, because Turkey is bigger than Turkey. Turkey being the inheritor of empires, Roman Empire, then the Ottoman Empire, it had always, thanks to geopolitics and for many other reasons, it has been a trend-setting country. So the role Turkey plays, positively or negatively, or any sort of role that Turkey plays or does not play, affects a very large geopolitical area. Therefore, the situation of Turkey, the, the model that we are speaking, presented by Erdogan and the ruling party in Turkey, is a matter, a, at least a matter of debate, not only for the Turks, but for, for uh, many others uh, beyond uh, Turkey. So the discussion, if I uh, go back to what I had said earlier, uh, uh, some moments ago, uh, that it has a mass appeal, and especially in Europe, when we read the European history, we find very many parallelisms between Germany of 1930s, or the evolution of the European political structures in Romania, in Bulgaria, in, 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 in uh, anywhere else in, in, in uh, the Europe, in Italy, in, in Spain, in Portugal, but mainly with Germany, we find many similarities. So uh, uh, most of our intellectual energy is now concentrated on uh, finding out whether this is an autocratic regime or totalitarianism, how to deal with totalitarian structures and regimes and so on and so forth. So, uh, in a sense, uh, the history, in a sense I am saying, repeating the history of 1930s is repeating itself. What were the main uh, characteristics of those regimes uh, in those times? Domestically, they were very uh, suppressive. In terms of foreign policy, very adventurist. And ideologically, they were very nationalistic. When we look at today's Turkey, we saw every feature of those regimes of 1930s of Europe, or the, the uh, uh, tendency from China to Trump's America, from Putin's Russia, uh, to wherever, in terms of nationalism, xenophobia, being first, America first, China first, for Putin, Russia first, and for Erdogan, it's new Turkey. And for his followers, Erdogan first. And they call him, in Turkish, they call him dünya lideri. When you uh, watch or read or follow Turkish media, and there is no much Turkish media, the written Turkish media is totally controlled by Erdogan, and so in that media, uh, you, you follow uh, 
several uh, uh, nicknames, uh, titles given to him. His followers, when they speak here among us for uh, uh, Abu Ammar, we used to say Al-Qaid Al-Am, Ikhtiyar. Ikhtiyar. Everybody, nobody asked what do you mean by Ikhtiyar. Everybody knew what, what is meant by Ikhtiyar or Qaid Al-Am. And, and uh, now in Turkey, his followers say race. Nobody in race. The same with Arabic. Those who, what race of what? There is one race, him, race. Or in written media, it is dunya leader, the world leader. Bado, Bado Erdogan. Allahu Ekber. Yani Erdogan Kabir, o Allahu Ekber. So, but there is also this Islamic characteristic of the party and himself that he commands and he represents. So in this sense, before concluding, the Yes, I have five minutes, I'm aware. Uh, uh, the, I want to touch that issue and, and then uh, to conclude. Uh, <clears throat> although we in Turkey very much focused and concentrated in our debates about the uh, precedence of fascism in Europe or totalitarian rules in history, it become fashionable to read Hannah Arendt nowadays among the intellectuals, Gramsci. <coughs> uh, the book of Stefan Zweig, The Day of, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, World of Yesterday, the last book he wrote before he committed suicide, is very much disseminated among the Turkish intellectuals looking for parallelisms and looking for not only parallelism in terms of the transformation in Turkey, but for each one of us, the individual lives of each one of us, to see parallelisms and so on and so forth. But at the same time, uh, we have to be aware of Western intoxication in our cultures, because this party is very strong, uh, Islamist roots and being nourished from the Sunni climate of the region and of Turkey. So there is something unique also concerning the Turkish example or the experience. But what was interesting about the Justice and Development Party, what we call in Turkey, in, in Turkish AKP, by its initials, or AK, in short. It was a model, and the AKP model, which was hailed by many Islamic and Islamist thinkers around the region, from Rashid Ghanoushi in Tunisia, uh, to, to Osmani in, in Morocco, uh, Tarek Ramadan, Hamas, all branches of Ikhwan everywhere, 
from Iraq to, to uh, elsewhere. Uh, he was seen as, but uh, from the intellectual aura of the, the region of the Middle East to the West, uh, AKP model, which was synonymous as Turkish model, uh, uh, has 